Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. Hotty toddy, pony up. Season three is here. College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott. I'm joined with Chris Petroselli. They call me Motti. They call him Rico. We are back and better than ever for season three. Chris, do you believe we've made it kind of to season three? Um, I do believe we've made it. Um, it's been it's been enjoyable. Uh-huh. Uh, we needed a break, though. We did. We needed a break, and uh, we're back at it again. Yeah, so this one uh, it's fun to get into. We, we've been we've had requests for this now for a while, yeah. so we're going to spend the majority of this episode talking about recruiting, how right. it works, what we do. We do have, I think, a number of of um, parents and recruits and and maybe some club coaches that listen that are interested in in some recruiting. So, a couple of things before we get to that, um, we're going to talk about how we're going to do our spring. Um, kind of series how we're going to how we're going to work it so talk about that so i think we we thought about just doing sort of some topic related shows like we're doing recruiting right now um i don't think we'll do you know we're going to do it when you know we get something that we think is relevant and we'll jump on and do a podcast that i don't think right now we're going to schedule every week um throughout the spring um but i think you know for most weeks we'll, we'll be on or maybe they'll be later in the week or something like that. It will, won't be as structured maybe as, as it were in the fall, the fall is so structured mm-hmm. with the games and, you know, all the games being on the weekends and things like that. So uh, the spring will be uh, maybe a little bit less structured, but we will, we, we will put out some content um, and we will, we will produce some shows that, you know, have some, some real uh, focus to them. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you look at the schedules, right. It was pretty, I mean, we had to, just schedule it in every Monday, every Monday night for the most part. And even then sometimes we were, we we're a little tough. So this will be, again, our schedules with going out a lot on the road recruiting and, and everything else. Um, it'll be hard to get down. So needless to say, we won't be on next Monday, um, but we'll be back on at some point after that. All right. A couple things on this show, power five, the power five is back, Chris, back. <laughs> Very exciting. So we decided with uh, the fantastic football games that played last night that were so relevant um, that were great games. Um, we would do top five quarterbacks of all time. And that w- with the exception of no Tom Brady, like we both would have him number one. So no Tom Brady, but anybody else we can pick. And then we've got, uh, which I think is really, I'm really excited about Mike Bristol, the associate head coach at Florida state, the national champs is, and also the recruiting coordinator is going to come on. We're going to interview him about kind of how things roll there at Florida state from a recruiting standpoint. So looking forward to chatting with him. He's a, he's a friend of the show and, and, and does a great job down there. He's been down there 13 years, I think now, Chris. So, yeah, he's um, done such a good job. And I think his, uh, his uh, knowledge of, of recruiting and recruiting tactics and, and things like that. Uh, it's pretty expansive. So I, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Yeah. So no questions today. We uh, will roll right into it. Um, I didn't get any over the break. Did you get any over the break? I got no questions. I did not. I'm surprised that um, our man BB didn't have some questions. Usually he's yeah. got, uh, he's he's got busy. some questions for us. Yeah, he's busy. 
Uh, All right, here we go. Let's uh, let's bring in the big deal, shall we? Yeah, we need the big deal. So go Owls, right? We got Hotty Toddy, we got Pony Up, we got Go Owls. Brian Lee from the Rice Owls. The big deal is here better than ever on season three. Hello, Brian. Better than ever. Now, tell me this, Matt. What does Hotty Toddy mean? I have no idea. I'm being serious. I know what Pony Up means. I know what Go Owls means. What does Pony Up mean? Get on the horse and let's ride. Let's go. Come on. How hard is that to figure out? <laughs> Get out of the pony and let's go. The Pony it's Express. Right. Oh, that did a lot of yeah. things. You yeah. know, Brian, I'm embarrassed to say I don't really know the hottie toddy. Hmm. Honest oh, to God, I don't. Oh, my. That's, that's terrible. I know. I, I, I've i had a number of recruits ask me. I have to look it up. At some, maybe our producer can look it up should. while we're sitting here. Uh, but I, I, I've heard a couple different stories, but I'm not sure any of them are correct. Oh, go I ahead, think Darren. Darren's got it. So according to this website, Bleacher Report, it says, um, uh, it's a great question. There's no definitive answer. The mystery is part of what makes it so unique. That's why Just I call it, it the like eighth that. wonder of the world. That's right. There's no concrete answer that explains what hottie toddy truly means. So See make what it I your did, Brian? I set you up. Set you up, <laughs> didn't stupid. I? Set you up. That's, set that's you stupid. Up. That's stupid. It means something. I, it, mean something. it was so much better when I thought it was something. Not yeah, it, it is something stupid Ryan, thing people in Mississippi say. I mean, uh, Bleacher Report is not necessarily the uh, the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica. Remember <laughs> 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 those uh, things? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, maybe I remember. Maybe we should ask Colonel Reb when you're really for yeah. uh, guests. We should get Colonel Reb on. Yeah, I don't think that's an appropriate uh, person to talk to on our podcast, Brian. Is he gone now? Is he's it? been gone. He's gone before I was here. Well, let's get the bear then. Yeah, the bear, the bear's the gone. The bear's gone. The shark's gone. We got nothing. The, we got what do you mean the shark's gone? Shark's gone. You, then what do you what do you have? Now we're working on it. I think I don't know. I don't really know. Hmm. Shark's well, gone though. They, they, they got. I don't know train, if land train, shark. Train, I don't know. Right. We got I, don't train. Know, I don't know if land shark is gone, but the shark himself yeah. not showing up anymore. Land shark should be embraced. I don't know about Colonel Rab. The bear was pretty weak, but land shark. That's I do like land shark. I love yeah, land shark. All stuff. right. What do we got, Chris? Let's keep moving on from the hottie toddy. Um, to, Brian, I wanted to start first uh, before we get into the recruiting piece. Um, there were some topics that came out of the uh, convention, um, the Division One open meeting, and you being the uh, Division One chair, do you want to just kind of quickly go through maybe anything that you think is uh, relevant that came out? Well, the big one's the extended season. So the men are trying to flip to the split season. Uh, The the coaches feel good about the chances that's getting approved. It's got the whole power five support. Um, But we'll see on that for the men, for the women, we've got our plan G, which is our extended season, basically just adding a couple of weeks to the regular season and, That'll hit the legislative process later this spring and and hopefully in the next couple of years. That one seems like a slam dunk. And then uh, together with that, we want to start trying a little bit of lobbying to get the NCAA committee to adjust the format for the postseason tournament. Hopefully that happens soon thereafter. Um, And then then we'll go from there. Okay, great. So wait, when when is the... Sorry, when is the men being voted on again? The the new legislation. I think, it, 
I think it's either first week of March. So it's in this cycle. It is in this cycle, as we like to say, NCAA uh, lingo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which means yeah. like seven committees it's got to get through somehow. But mm. yeah, it's in the cycle. And then I heard that the uh, chair of the rankings committee went oh. on a call and basically told everybody, you guys aren't doing your job and I'm going to take over and change this whole thing. Is that true? He did. It's like he had a military background, that guy. He was getting people ship shape, telling them it's time. Yeah. New sheriff in town. Uh-huh. And that's so everybody knows that's Matt we're talking about. But yeah, uh, one thing I wanna I want to mention about Matt is military background and getting people ship shape. When we used to run camps together, and maybe like one of the kids would get out of hand a little bit. We used to have we'd have boys that would always get out of hand. Well, Matt would stand the guy on the line, take his hat, Matt would take his hat and turn it around. Whoa. So the bill was out of the way and Matt would get right in that little boy's face basically spitting on him as he's yelling at him and wow. make the kid make the kid say yes sir yes sir yes sir uh, and that's not that's not correct it was said, quite sir, a sight, right? sir yes sir sir, sir yes sir yes. that's what they had to say uh, <laughs> yeah, Brian they need a little discipline they need a little bit of discipline those boys need a little discipline and so is your committee need a little discipline <laughs> So I like that kind know. of uh, camp discipline's probably gone the way of Colonel Rep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yes. that was in 2006. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we had a little discussion. I thought I was very nice, Brian, to your group. Thought it was very well, nice and very, very appropriate. Well, and there will just, be a revamp, correct? Yeah, there's a revamp coming, absolutely. And I think, uh, as we discussed on this podcast, a very necessary revamp coming yeah. to uh, to the ranking. So we'll see. We got a lot of work to do on it. We've got a few months to do it. And there's a lot of uh, bureaucracy. Is that the right word? Did I say that right? You didn't say it right, uh, but yeah, it's the right word. In the the rankings, the way the rankings work. Because you got to remember, you know, it's not just us. It's the men. But the men, they all vote. So we we have a problem with voting participation that we're looking to change. And the the men don't all vote, but they vote at a higher percentage than we do. Right. Exactly. Our voting percentage is quite shocking at times. Poor. Yeah, poor. Yeah. All right. Let's hit recruiting, right? We said this is our recruiting special. This is our recruiting show. So just have a a couple of topics I'm going to throw out and we can all kind of chime in on. Let's start with the explosion of social media uh, and how recruiting is now um, everywhere. Um, the players have really embraced social media uh, as far as uh, marketing themselves and, uh, you know, showing video and, and things like that. So we've seen a, a big uptick in social media, correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. And there's a couple of teams doing just an outstanding job with it. Yeah. Some teams are, yeah, some teams are, are, are better than others. Um, Wait, hold on. I'm back up, Chris. When you say outstanding, Brian, what, what define that for me? Um, I'm trying to think in particular. Let me think of an example in my head. Just getting information out on the players and getting information out on their playing schedules as much as anything, you know, for me. And doing it in a really social media, aesthetically pleasing format and, and way. Um, they're really paying close attention to it. 
And then the individual stuff, they'll throw it on the kids. Some of the teams I feel like is just the right amount, clip here or there, and really basic bio information, you know, especially when we're talking younger kids, pre-contact age, 24s, 25s. Are you talking Twitter or Instagram or media or Facebook? What are you talking? I think both. I wouldn't know Facebook. Mm-hmm. I won't really monitor that. Yeah, I think Twitter and Instagram are probably the places where they're they're doing most. And uh, yeah, how I, do you guys I feel? Let me a really good job of of putting up. You know, hey, check out my assist from the game the other day, or here are my two goals. Or how how know. do you feel though, Chris, about the kid that? does that and then tags 20 other coaches that's fine so that's fine do you look at that and say okay there's my competition for this kid i I don't i don't you know most of when when we're talking about the 24s and 25s yeah um i I don't i don't look at it that way i look at it as a long time clearly if they're listing those teams that's who they're that's who they're interested in talking to right sure but but you know what matt like i could list uh real madrid barcelona uh and liverpool and they wouldn't be interested in me so just you know maybe, you maybe, they would. maybe they would that's <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you listen yeah no no, I, no I find it i find it interesting i don't i i'm being completely honest now i don't know how i feel about it i don't well, know what do you how think I feel they should it. do I don't know. I don't Only know. Only little miss. <laughs> no, 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 not that part. I'm just talking about, I agree with you, Brian. Some of them are doing better than others. Yeah. In, in, in using the social media platform, but I do find my Twitter feed being blown up pretty significantly with it. And it makes it tricky. It's almost in the last like two, three months, isn't it? it really right. Is. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where, yeah. where social media as a, recruiting tool for the kid whether it's but this this is this is what's interesting to me fellas this is what's interesting to me this is what i want to bring up so again dating our all three of us have been in this a long time so we were back in the days when we would get letters in the mail right we look at letters and then we started getting emails yeah and emails were much more accessible and and now you never get a letter maybe once in a blue no never now you get emails right so if we get are we headed to now we're only going to get tweets and Instagram? I mean, that's, that's where we're headed. Oh, where... for sure. I mean, they, uh, that's for sure. Isn't it? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, I would I think, think so more and more. Is emails. that what you want? Or, or would you prefer the emails? Well, here's the thing, like, and again, this is something we should get into. Like how do you identify players right now? So if you get, I, I, we all get, I don't know, hundreds of emails a year, right? Yeah. Um, clearly, for me, I don't think we're, we're uh, identifying a lot of players just from an email. Um, you know, most coaches, I think it, it, it piques your interest. You go and you, you know, you, you find out what you can find. But um, the best players don't, don't send emails. Why? Because they don't and th- but that's been true forever, right? Right? Like they didn't send yeah. they didn't send letters. Yeah, they don't send emails. They're not saying the tw- tweets. But I do think that you are finding a little bit. I think some of the better players, though, Chris, are sending sending out stuff. Sure, sure they are. Some of them are, yes. But 
again, back to, back to my point. I, I think there's one way that you identify players is by getting emails from them, right? Right. I think that's a, a, a that's not 90% of, of your recruiting though, right? No. For me, it isn't. You know, no for, way. I don't no. Think for you guys, no. it isn't. It might be no. 20%, 10%, yeah. right? But the way that you identify players for the most part is you go out and you go, okay, these teams are usually pretty good. Let me go see their team. And, and you know, when they're younger and all of a sudden you see some players and you go, okay, they have some players. Or someone says to you, hey, here, there's a good kid here. There's a good kid there. It's a good kid on this team. You go watch the team. You find out there's other kids on the team. For the most part, that's the way we're, we're going. It's almost like word of mouth where we're, you know, we're finding players. Is that, would you agree with that? Well, I don't think as much here. Because uh, we don't have the luxury that you guys have in Dallas, Houston, where on any Saturday you can go find you can go watch a game with good players. Yes, right. Any Saturday all year long you can go find a game with good players. We we don't have that luxury, but I do think to me back to the emails. Like for me, I'll read an email and you can tell in the first paragraph if that player has sent this email to 20, 30, whatever coaches. Or are they actually sending me an email, right. right? And that's a big thing to me. If they they put in there, hey, Matt, hottie toddy, whatever, you know, great season, something that is specific to Ole Miss, most of the time I'll read it. If I don't read it, I'm forwarding it to, to Robert Jess if they don't get it, right? But if it's generic, there's no chance I'm reading that email. And you can tell early on how specific – this kid is to your university, in my opinion. Okay. So, so that's, that's a start for us, Chris. And then I think, yes, you have to use the contacts that you've made through the years. And I think we all find we have coaches that we trust and then maybe some coaches that we don't trust. <laughs> right. Yes. To send you good players. Well, that's the crux of it. Isn't, isn't it? It's recruiting is really what, what's your network and what you're networking and yeah. how do you have in how many areas of the country that you trust that are going to eval a kid for you? Even if you got it via email or you saw their name on an ECNL all-star all-conference list, or they're in a USYS national camp, or they're on one of the youth national teams. If your network's big, you can just call your guy in the area or your girl in the area and, and get, start to get some feedback that you trust, you know, because for me, that's why, it's a huge part of the reason all the final four teams are coached by people older than Matt and Matt is 50. We're years mm -hmm. being a, a younger coach than, than Matt, their networks are bigger in that it's hard. If you're a 31 year old new head coach, you got 10 years. How are you competing with Chris? Chris got 30 years of networking where he's got relationships and going to give him, the, you know, one phone call away. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does matter. I think it does. I do think the other piece of this, Brian, though, is I have a, I've always struggled with the coaches that call me and say, Matt, this 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 kid would be great for you. This, this kid, you need this kid. She's great, so on and so forth. But I know for a fact that that coach has never one time watched the Ole Miss Rebels play. So what kind of faith – should I have and that this coach knows what we need? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but if you don't know them. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, but you, you have people who who you know um who right. you trust. 
Yes. And they know and they have seen. Uh, they have yeah. Seen. And they do watch the games. They do watch. Yeah. Not even necessarily my game, but college games. Yeah. Right. There's a few of those in, in Texas, Chris, as we know that they know who's good for every team, but they've never watched a dang college. That game, is true. You know? that it's is frustrating. True. Um, I think the other interesting piece to this is, is um, when you, when you start talking about trust and that kind of stuff is, is what I, what's really hard for me. And, and maybe you guys are different, but I do want to talk about this. Like, when, when a coach calls me and says, Matt, she's not going to cost you any money. She'll want to walk on. She'll be really good for your team. When that player arrives at Ole Miss or SMU or Rice or Auburn or Texas or wherever, they get on the team. They're going to want to play. Of course. Right? They, they've made the team, so they expect to play. Yeah. So – that college, that club coach that thinks, oh, she works hard. She's a good kid. She'll do everything right. Now you're the one that has to be the bad guy when they don't play. You know what I'm saying? And that makes it hard for your team. So as many times as I've heard a, a coach say to me, listen, she's, she's not going to cost you anything. She's a great kid. She'd be great to have around, great team chemistry, all that kind of stuff. No. No, if they're well, not good enough. It's what if they're not, and, and I think we should ask Mike about this, Chris. Like, if they're not good enough to to compete for your team, then they shouldn't be on your team, right? Right. Yes. Well, club soccer is a business, and yes. it's a pyramid. If fewer kids playing at older ages than they do younger ages, and the way to get entry level kids is to show them where your older kids go to college. It's the American dream. Everybody wants their sport playing kid, whatever the sport is, to go play in college. And it looks a whole lot better to have a kid going to Ole Miss than a kid going to USC Upstate. Although her experience might be a ton better at USC Upstate than it's going to be at Ole Miss just because of playing time. Right. That's right. That's Amazing. Right. So well, you've got to wade through it. That that uh, I think that leads me into another topic I, I wanted to discuss is um, – the ballooning rosters. I mean, the yeah. rosters are just expanding and expanding, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I know on our end, we have, we have too many players, you know, and, and, uh, and the way it, the way it happened for us was I was always a, you know, I wanted 24 players somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, I always felt, you know, the less players, the less problems. And the more players you have after 24, that's just more players who aren't playing. And, and again, players want to play, right? right. And, and, and so you want them to be happy, but how happy are you if, <laughs> if you're not playing? So what happened w- with us was, you know, we had the season where <clears throat> COVID and injuries and, and things like that, we couldn't put a team on the field. So we went, you know what? That's not going to happen again. We're going to go out and recruit a big class. Um, and, you know, we brought in, I don't know, 10 or 12 players or something like that. And our roster got up to... I don't know, 27 or 28, but I don't know that I anticipated the extra COVID year, the uh, transfer portal impact um, and all of these things that are happening. So now, you know, we're looking at rosters over 30. Um, And I think that we're probably, it's probably similar at other places as well. Is, Is that correct? You finding the same, fighting the same battle? Um, our roster is not getting too big in particular at Rice, but I do think across college soccer, 
those COVID fifth years, no one's saying no to your starting center midfielder coming back yeah. for fifth year. And it yeah. wasn't something anybody planned on. So I think naturally all the rosters from that fifth year stuff are getting bigger. Um, and it, it's certainly, it's a management issue that I'd prefer 24, 24 is what I build off of and try and be give or take one when we can. Um, so there's certainly issues that come with it. Yeah. Did, uh, I, I, and I think again, the, the transfer portal as well. Right. And, and this is where I feel bad for these 22s and 23s where a lot of their spots have been taken by COVID fifth years you know, yep. kids returning or, or even kids who have a fifth year and go into, into the transfer portal and, you know, they can go somewhere else. And, you know, you look at it and you go, well, I can get, you know, a fifth year senior who's played four years in the SEC, or I can go find a, uh, a freshman, you know, that, that spent, uh, you know, the last four years in, in high school playing in Trippin Springs, Texas or something. Yeah. And that's not going away. What, what year does that the COVID fifth year really phase out? Where they two, two more years or three more yeah. years? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think two more. No, years. I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I think that I, I think that it's hard with these big rosters because every league has a travel roster size, right? In games, and so how do you manage that back into that roster? I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I've said this many times. Like, I, we keep a small roster. We bring in practice players, practice male players. Um, and if if we have a roster of 24, then and I have five practice male players, I know player 25, 26, and 27 are asking me for playing time or don't come into my office wanting to be playing more because they're a male practice player, right? So managing that is really difficult. Um and I don't have an answer because for the next three years, these rosters are going to be bigger than, than what we want them to be. There's almost no way we're at because you have five classes. So having four classes, you have five classes. So if you're saying that, you know, 24, that's six players in a class, right? In your four classes. Now you add another six, you're at 30, right? For five, the five classes that you have, you have freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, super senior times that by six, you got 30. So that average number now, instead of being average of 24, it's 30. And, and now you, you're tasked, you know, it's not like we got an extra, um, we didn't get an extra coach to help us with those players, right? So now your coaching staff is tasked with trying to keep 30 players happy. That's hard. It's really hard. You know, Matt, I'm impressed with your math. You got, you got it right, too. I Believe me, I was like, oh, God, please, please don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys, what are your best recruiting events? What are the events where you go to where you think this has been the most successful for me as far as identifying players? Well, right now it's any ECNL event, right? I think that that's the, I mean, you know, we joked uh, just on a personal level and it's, uh, it's PDA because of the New York Yankees. They're in town. Usually we get to go to a game, Chris, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they have the great pizza shop, whatever. No, I, I think it's any of those ECNL. And again, the, the GA, there's good players at the GA events too, but ECNL is kind of king right now. If you're asking me today, it's the ECNL events. Um, but I, I also think that here at Ole Miss, we, we kind of beat the bushes and, and we'll go anywhere for, for any player that we feel is important. So there isn't anything that I, I wouldn't do. Um, you know, I've been to plenty of Mississippi high school games and, and Louisiana high school games. And 
but it's um it's uh it's ECNL's kind of king if you ask me. Yeah. Brian, what do you think? I think identification and evaluation in mass is now just ECNL. Yeah. Fair to say. But when you're actually recruiting a kid, if you think you're recruiting them by going to the big ECNL event, yeah. then you're not actually recruiting them then. That's identification and evaluation. So it's I think recruiting is extremely competitive now, so it takes time and effort outside of the big tournaments if if you're trying to make an impression. It, uh, Matt, you bring up, you know, games in Mississippi and Louisiana. Um, are players different? Do you see players with, you know, specific strengths and weaknesses and things like that in different areas of the country? So I ask this because I think that there are reputations, right? The reputation is that, you know, the, the Southern Cal kids play a uh, possession style and, you know, that kind of thing. The Midwest kids are big, strong kids. The the East Coast, you know, the the New York, New Jersey area are, are real tough kids, right? Uh, the kids in Texas are really athletic. Um, the kids in the Gulf Coast region, I, I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to describe them because I don't know enough of them. Matt, what would you say is the equality for the Gulf Coast? Yeah. Region? Well, I think I think Chris to, to to go backwards a little bit. You just you just defined old school ODP. Yeah. Right. Region one, two, three, and four. You just defined it. Yeah. And I think when you say that, when I think region three, I think you're right. You typically find the best athletes. Yeah. Um, and the players that we're finding in the Gulf Coast region or in my area of the country that can play for power five sec teams, whatever are the ones that are athletic enough. Then we have to bring them in and, and maybe teach them a little bit more of soccer. We need to get them in our system, whatever. So I do think like in the South region, that's what you find, right? Is good athletes and the better the state, the better the, the soccer. And I think you find that like to answer your question, like I agree with everything you said on those um, areas of the country. But I think what's really interesting is the club to me defines how prepared they are to be a college freshman. So the better the club, the better they're prepared. And I've said this, I'll say this to anybody. You take a player in Jackson, Mississippi, that is the exact same athlete of a player in Atlanta, Georgia. And the Atlanta, Georgia player is going to be more prepared because of the competition they play day in and day out. And it has nothing, it doesn't have anything to do with coaching, maybe part of it, but more importantly, it's about who they're playing against and who they're playing the games against. That's going to prepare them for the college level. So that's, that's, I think is an important piece is the big time club is going to get you prepared, more prepared. It may not get you seen more or any of that kind of stuff probably does, but it may not but it's going to prepare you in, in my opinion, if, I mean, there's big clubs that maybe aren't quality, but the big clubs with the good coaches. I mean, I'll, I'll take a kid from Brian Moore, Derek leader, some of these guys any day of the week. Cause I know they'll be ready to go guys at eclipse. That's the fascinating piece though. Right. Is it's not necessarily defined by size of the club. Some of the clubs are successful because they're in really big cities. They're high profile and they're great recruiters. 
and great salesmen to the college and other clubs have really high quality coaches. And until you get the kids on campus, it's hard to tell the difference until you've got some experience with those kids coming through your programs. But what I find is it's very repetitive in the kids coming through the clubs. If Mm -hmm. they don't change much, certain clubs are going to give you a kid who's very prepared and others are going to give you a kid who might just be athletic. Um, and then sorting through the two. Yeah, here's a question. I, I, and I, I'm going to ask Mike this uh, when we get Mike on here in a few minutes. Uh, but straight up question for you guys, for both of you. Do you recruit by position or do you recruit looking for the best player? Matt, you go first, Matt. Oh, I am 100% got the answer to that one. I am a product of Alex Ferguson. I don't where think are, first of all. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't think you've never where is this going? I've never spoken to Alex Ferguson. Or you're not a product of Alex Ferguson. What? You're what not your dad. Alex, okay. What is Alex Ferguson uh, whispering uh, in your ear about this? <laughs> Alex Ferguson says players win trophies, not systems. I am going to recruit outside a goalkeeper the best players that I can get and figure out a system that fits our top 11 players done that my entire career. That's okay. what I'm going to do. So that's my, that's how I would answer that question, Chris. All right. Let me that's ask you a case. Question. Uh, All right, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. Um, I, I want to ask you a question now. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you're a team that's been playing with three backs, right? Yeah. Your center back is a senior and she graduates. You don't have any other center backs who've ever played before, right, um, on your roster. Do you go to f- try to find a center back, or do you take someone else and make them a center back? Brian, you can answer that one. <laughs> it, it, depends. it depends what center back is interested in Ole Miss <laughs> at the time. And how good are they? Do they have the qualities you need? And the big picture to me is this. If you're North Carolina, you say right. Southern Cal – maybe Duke now it's close Virginia you can have a system and recruit to it yeah within reason the other 337 of us if you are recruiting to a system if there's a division one coach who is listening who is recruiting to her his or her system and I didn't just name her <laughs> give me a ring let's play because <laughs> right, is that not true yeah. it's true I think I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. People may do it. I, that's why I asked. That's why I asked. I don't. I don't listen. I I think you can look at your depth chart to get that specific, Chris. I mean, you asked me a broad question. I give you a broad answer. But if you're looking at your depth chart and you know you you have three defenders on your on your uh, roster that you're comfortable with, and two of them are graduating, then yeah, you're probably looking pretty specific for defenders, right? But if you're going out and you're saying well, this kid's really good forward, but I really need a center back. But this forward who's way better is interested. I'm going after the forward. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Is is typically how I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it's still, it's all levels and as as things phase out. Kelly O'Hara, Emily Sonnet, yeah. Dunn, they were pretty awesome forwards along. Yes, they were. Yeah. And now they're pretty awesome backs. Uh, let's keep it real. The all-time leading goal scorer at Ole Miss until CC broke a record 
is a starting center back for Brazil, now starting uh, now center back or left back for Arsenal. Yeah. It's, I mean, let's keep it real. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe yeah. you just weren't smart enough to play her in her best position. <laughs> Why would I play her in the back, Chris, if she's going to all-time leading scorer? <laughs> I, I would I like I, you to have played her at center back when you were playing LSU. Back the, the scores would have been a little different. I'll give you. I'll rem, I remember Matt when you tried to get me to move Stephanie Lopterman from left yes. back. Yes, yes. I did. I she said, still would have been the a best good left back in the country. Why would we change that? I think she could have scored more goals, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> She's now a, a doctor in. Uh, where is she? She might be in uh, Atlanta, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think she's in Atlanta. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah. She was awesome. Okay. All right, what else, Chris? You got good ones. Get us another uh, one. Or are we done? No, I got one more. One more. Okay. Goalkeepers. Any Ooh. any philosophies on recruiting goalkeepers or any ideas on recruiting goalkeepers? I hear you, Brent. It's super unique to me. You yeah. look at a ton of the NWSL goalkeepers, they were not high profile recruits. Where the field players, I mean, any list you're looking at, I think if you go look at the top 50 kids in the country, you know, and obviously they're going to a small select group of schools usually on the list. So maybe it's chicken or egg. Um, field players, it's not that far off. I mean, we can say this recruit rankings or this, that, the other, but they're not, they're not super far off. The goalkeepers, on the other hand, I do think sometimes they're off. And their developmental curve is so different um, that there are diamonds in the rough. What's the Oklahoma State one? Her name is slipping my mind right now. Who's French player? French. Yeah, yeah the goalkeeper French. got hurt. French. Yeah, middle of the season, and or sorry, in the spring season, they had to go find someone, pulled her off a basketball team, and yeah. look out. Yeah, and, you know, Justin's a five foot four winger was <laughs> her coach for four years. So yeah. yeah, it's it's totally different. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, I agree with Brian. I, I definitely don't think you go on resume with goalkeepers. You have to watch them. You have to see them. You have to dissect them. Um, and it's hard. It's hard because, you know, in the youth game, they may, you may go watch her play for an entire tournament. She makes two saves, you know, and, and so have you figured it out? It, it's tough. And then the other thing is that's the other tough one. If you have a starter, you know, like obviously we're in that situation where we have – you know, Ashley, and she started the last three years. She's going to start again next year. And, you know, you got to come in here and know you're going to sit more than likely. Um, that's sometimes hard to recruit, too. Uh, we've lost a couple good ones because they know they're going to sit, right? And and that's a hard to kind of stomach. But I also think, um, you know, what's the right number of goalkeepers to have on your roster is the question. Is it two? Is it three? Is it more than that? I mean, we rolled in. We rolled into Arkansas and, and to play them this year, and I look over and Kobe's—they're warming up five goalkeepers. That's not the right number. <laughs> Might have been six. I think it was five. And I said to him, I said, uh, you know, that's that's makes are those guys happy, you know. Like, but um, anyway, yeah, they figured they figured it out somehow. They did. Um, they did. Yeah, I have one for you. If before we end this up. Um, I think one of the big, huge recruiting things that have emerged is uh, is ID camps. Yeah, I think they become really, really important. I think that you're seeing the the better players are going to them to get a they look are. and yeah. for that. And even you know, what's interesting to me is it's as important to the player as it is the coaches because you're working with the coach. 
yeah. right? And you're seeing what they're like and you're you're interacting. And um, I think I know it's a there's an expense involved for sure, but there's some real, real value in going to these ID camps around the country, in my opinion. I totally agree. I think that um, they really have become, you know, the thing to do. And I think, you know, the hard, the hard thing for the players, the, the top players, you know, was finding the time, right? I mean, you're, sure. you know, and, and, and the clubs now all have their own ID camps, right. right? And then you have these private companies that are having ID camps. And then, you know, the players have their regular club games and their high school games, and maybe they're involved in national team games and, and all of that kind of stuff. So finding time for, for some of them is difficult, but, I will say that there are a lot of quality players that are going to ID camps. And I think it's a great opportunity for the colleges and a great opportunity for the kids. Agree with that, Brian? I couldn't agree anymore, Matt. <laughs> you, you summarized it quite well. So I was going to stay quiet. Is that all the topics you got? Is that all we got? Okay. Social media and coaches. So the boom you know, when we just got to, or the hotty toddy, it's hot tonight, or whatever this means, or get on your pony and ride. And it, <laughs> some little. I'm going to use that one. Probably. What about yours? Yours is hoot, hoot, look who we got. <laughs> no, you're not going to see hoot, hoot, look who we got. So we all know that recruiting is not 100%, right? right. And there's, there's two things on this it's not 100%. So there's a chance you're booming. Boom. In two years, this kid's going to be a bust on too much money. I'm not going to play her. She's going to want to transfer. She's going to be in with the AD. Next yeah. thing you know, she's trying to get me fired. So you're booming. No, 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 no. Some people are booming when they go on the transfer portal. And my second one is this. What if you get a commitment and you forget to do, it's time to ride the pony. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> whatever it is the what if you forget so that kid's thing <laughs> and hottie toddy and everybody else but when i committed coach petricelli forgot to you know the 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 horse thing. yeah you can get the merry-go-round going i guess <laughs> i will get, i will i will buy your dinner for the next five recruiting trips if there's a picture of you with a cowboy hat on top of a pony <laughs> with a lasso, lasso. Every, time we get a, every time we get a, a, a pony Anytime yeah. we get a player, I'm yes. riding the pony. That's, yeah. that's what it's going to be. Yeah, you ride the pony across in his sheriff's house. <laughs> Only if Brian is in an owl suit, <laughs> hooting, <laughs> whatever it is to get. What about the poor kid who doesn't get, you know, uh, yeah. the land shark? We're off the rails in season wow. three. We're off the rails. <laughs> oh, right. God. I like it. I like All it. Right. Uh, I, I don't, Brian. I, I don't know how you handle that, Brian. I, we We – we did do it for a while, but then I just stopped because I'm like, just like what you're saying, it's kind of tricky. I don't, I don't know what the right thing to do is. Um, we, we, we don't do I it. mean, but you well, see the football guys doing like, you know, they squirt a big fish, right? Like Hugh Freeze used to hold up a yeah, – he used to say Yahtzee at first. Now he holds up a big fish. Like, I, I don't know what the right thing to do is. You know, is. the yeah. football guys are even now announcing, hey, I got an offer from this Oh, they do. oh yeah. The, yeah, they do an absolutely. offer. And here's the yeah. other thing. Um, I've seen from uh, football guys is I'm coming back next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just announcing yeah. that they're coming back, like yeah. Well, like, they're not going in the pros. Wait, you yeah. weren't going. You weren't coming back. Yeah. Like so, you weren't coming this, back. This is another thing we had here is you know Matt Corral was the big quarterback, right? And Heisman hopeful. So he announced he's foregoing his senior year to go on the draft, right? Yeah. 
Well, then one of our running backs, good running backs did. Well, then it was like 30 guys, like the, the fourth string freaking offensive tackle is sending this long text that I'm leaving and not coming back. I'm like, really? Like, I, I don't know what any of these guys are. So anyway, it got a little out of hand, I think, with the with announcing that they're heading to the draft. Yeah. Oh, boy. I hope they all get drafted. Yeah. 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 Well, Brian, it's nice for your back season three. Yeah, Brian. Nice to see you. Uh, Excellent job again. You brought the humor to the show. Uh, Ride the pony. Uh, Pay pay my see that. I tell you what, Bristol and Krikorian, they'd be great people to ask since you got Bristol coming on. What do they do when they uh, (laughs) – I don't don't believe I've ever seen anything. I don't think I've seen anything from Florida State. No, Funny how that works. They do all right. So looking forward to Bristol. What those guys All right. Unbelievable. Yeah, it'd be Fun. great. All right, Brian, thanks for all your time right. as great. usual. Thanks, College Soccer Nations appreciates all the things you do for us, Brian. Go Owls. All right, Chris, very excited to bring in Mike Bristol, the associate head coach at Florida State University, coming off a national championship run, uh, 13 years at Florida State. He's been there now with Mark Kikorian and uh, three national championships and Chris, you know, you cannot win national championships without big time players. And Mike is uh, the recruiting coordinator and has done a fantastic job of, uh, of bringing in the, the best players in the country into, into their program. So, Mike, welcome to College Soccer Nation. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, the first thing we'd like to do, Mike, and I know you got a pretty, pretty uh, decorated kind of career path, but we do always like to start off, and if you wouldn't mind giving – kind of our listeners, your career path um, and how you landed there at, at FSU, you know, 13 yeah, years Yeah, so ago. I started out at Illinois State University in the Midwest and spent a couple of years there. I went to Maryland for a year and then went back into the Midwest with the Eclipse Select Soccer Club. Was there for five years and then made my way here to Florida State. You missed the club game? You know, I think that it's nice being able to pour all of your time and resources into one team. I think that, you know, at times working with some of the younger ones and developing them from a, a small age and following them all the way through their career, that was fun as well. So I think there's sure. there's parts of it that you miss um, and having that relationship with the kids and watch them grow and develop. Um, you get to do that here, but it's a little bit of a shorter time period. Absolutely. All right. So my first question, I got the first question for you. Talk to us about the structure of recruiting there at Florida State and how you use the staff um, kind of in terms of recruiting? So Mark does a lot of the international recruiting. um, And and part of that is just through phone calls and things of that nature. At times, we're all out looking at players, but he's got quite a few contacts all over the world for us to dig a little bit deeper if we see somebody that we like. Um, I kind of come up with a schedule of who's going where and to what events um, and split it up amongst us so that we're not all having to go every place. But that's kind of the, the main structure. And then we're all looking at, at emails and we make sure that we're looking at every video that comes in. So it's a, a lot of watching um, and we kind of split that up amongst the staff. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of videos coming in these days. The, the, uh... yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you feel like it's changed, right? I mean, it, it, it's different. It's different. I, I feel like, uh, you know, Kids have embraced it, 
right? And and the quality is better too, right? The quality of video. Yeah, the quality is better. And I think that not only the, the American kids have embraced it, but kids from all over the world have embraced yeah. it. So you're getting so many more videos every day um, from mm. all over the country besides all over the world. Yeah, for sure. So you guys are in, um, you got a pretty good team. I think your team's okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're solid. You say they're pretty good, Matt? What do you think they're pretty good? Yeah, they do. All right. Okay. <laughs> solid, so, Mike says. Solid. <laughs> you're in a, you're in a uh, pretty good position when it comes to recruiting players and, and you can go out and, and be in a game for any of the top players in the country, right? I mean, obviously you're not getting them all, but you're going to get some of them. Yes. Um, do you feel like your approach has to be a little bit different when you're talking about the elite, elite player? Well, I think that we're, th- those are the kids that we're really trying to recruit. So I'm not sure that it's, it's really different. We're pretty open with about how we think we can develop them um, and help them to a pathway of being a pro. And so I think that we're looking to bring players in that want to be pros. So I think the approach, regardless of who we're kind of talking to, is, is the same. So you take a kid that is, uh, well, Jalen Howell, right? When you're recruiting yep. Jalen Howell, um, and then you're recruiting some kid from uh, Ocala, Florida, who um, hasn't quite made the first team in her club, you, there's a little bit of a difference in the way that you approach those guys. Uh, I think there is, but one of the things that our philosophy is, is we're not going to recruit somebody that we don't think can get into our first 11 at some point. So at the end of the day, we want them here. So we're still going to be, they're going to get the same amount of yeah. attention and and work put into them to try to get them here. We have a, a relatively small roster. It's a little bit bigger now because of COVID, but typically we're somewhere between 22 to 24 players. So we have to feel they're all going to be able to make an impact for us to even be recruiting them. So I don't think there's a big difference in how we're going to recruit a player. I think some people recruit in bulk and everybody has their own philosophy. Um, and maybe they have 30 or 35 players and, and maybe the recruiting process is different based on somebody that, that is a hopeful player that maybe they pan out, maybe they don't, and they're recruiting by bigger numbers. It's just our philosophy is different that we want a smaller roster. And so we're trying to go after players that we we think are going to make an impact in our team. So they're really being recruited kind of the same way. Excellent. What about the approach to the foreign players? Obviously, a lot of times they're later and those kind of things. What, what would be your approach on, you know, a top international player? Well, I think the, the value for the international players is the education piece because a lot of them could go and, and be a professional player. So I think really it's, it's showing – um, what they can gain by coming here and probably not going as a pro and that they've got an education behind them when they get done playing, um, that they've got a degree in their hand and they can go out and still make a living. Um, is there a, uh, any science or plan to how you guys um, split up your money? I know there are some places that say, well, you know, if you're a national team player, you get this much. If you're this, you get this much. Or how, how do you guys go through that process? No, there's not really a, a science. We're trying to make sure that everybody's being taken care of and helping them out. Again, it's a, a smaller roster, so there's only so much money to go around. But we go out and 
look at the players and try to make sure that they're receiving a scholarship that we think is deserving and the level of their play. Yeah. I know that, um, you know, I think Marcus has said many times that one of the um, biggest mistakes you can make in, in recruiting is overpaying. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and, and putting too much money maybe into, into a player that, isn't doesn't pan out right i mean I yeah guess and i think one of those things is making players earn it so they're here maybe you come in at one percentage but there's going to be money available that if you come in and you play at a high level that they're going to be taken care of yeah yeah good, good. what about mike you know in your 13 years there at florida state um how different are the campus visits and you, you throw COVID in there too probably in the mix but how different is campus visits from when you first got there I know you got the nice big fancy um, um, golf cart now, and you guys have stepped Matt up. Is but... an expert on golf carts, Mike. Yeah, it's very important. Very important. But did you just get uh, a golf cart, Matt? What's going no, on? I, oh, it was my first purchase when I got here at Ole Miss. My first purchase <laughs> was a golf cart. But how has how has campus visits changed for you guys? Well, we've got a little bit more hardware to show them, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> that trophy room is fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's awesome. So, um, you know, I think one of the things, one is we're trying to always evolve as a program. So I think that we have different things all the time in terms of when I first came in, we didn't have as much technology as we have now, but there's so many different things that we try to bring in to be cutting edge and kind of in front of different programs. So now there's a lot of showing how we're going to be able to develop them as a player by the technology that we have here. Um, and I don't think, you know, at the beginning, it was more of here's the campus and the school and the normal things, the academic meetings and going through everything. And now I think that it's it's a lot more about how they're going to be developed with the use of technology and how we're going to try to help prepare them to be a pro, even knowing about their own body with the use of some of those technologies so that when they leave, they still have more information than when they came in. Um, so they know how to act as a pro and try to get the most out of their body. Do you um do you guys take the approach of recruiting the best player you can get, or are you more position specific? We want to get the best player we that, that's out there. Um, we get a lot of, obviously, what position are you seeking? And we kind of look at it more as if the player is athletic enough, they're technical enough, they, they hit all of the marks psychologically, um, physically, that then we have to be good enough to figure out how to get the best 11 players on the field. Yeah. So unless it's a goalkeeper, um, but you look at a lot of the teams that we've had players wind up that they've come in as a striker and they might wind up as a center back, you know, and a, a back may wind up being as a, a winger or an attacking mid. So we don't try to really get caught up for us. We want to make sure that a player is versatile and, that they're good enough with the ball to play the way that we want to, and they're athletic enough to compete at the top level. Um, and then it's about us figuring out how to get the best players on the field together playing. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. I, I tend to agree with that. And uh, I always used to say, like, look, if we have 11 players on the field who can score, I think we got a pretty good chance to win. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not just about what position they play. How about goalkeepers? Like, that's recruiting goalkeepers a little bit different, yeah? I think it's a lot different. Yeah. You can go to a game and they may not be involved a lot. They get to see how they communicate. For me, 
I want to make sure that I've been to a training session of theirs so I can see what their training mentality is because you can watch the warm up, but you don't get a great feel. And then I always want to get them into our environment at a camp. So I get to physically actually work with them and see how they can apply information and, and get a really good feel because I think it's tough to just to go watch a game and go, yep, that goalkeeper is pretty good because you may be there on a day that they're not having to do a whole lot or kid happens to have a great game but only had to make a couple saves and that's not really who they are so I think that with the most of the field players they're going to be involved enough in the game that you can get a pretty good feel for them with a goalkeeper I think it's pretty hit or miss how many goalkeepers do you have on your roster so right now we have three is that typical that you have three uh we'd always like to have three but kind of like with the field players only if the three can actually play at this level yeah. Um, so for for quite a while, we've only had two. I've had a season where we went through with one. Yeah. And how hard is it? Well, you, you know, you're running into it a little bit now. You you all of a sudden now have a very established goalkeeper. Yep. Right. And Roque has had two really good seasons for you, and and I think she's pretty clearly shown that you know she's a top top level goalkeeper. How hard is it then to try to recruit? another one and another one beyond that. Well, I think we've shown over the course of time that for us, whoever's going to give us the best chance to win is going to play, whether it's a goalkeeper, a field player. Um, We've had kids that have played in in national championship games before as a goalkeeper in the next year, they're reserved. Um, It it depends on when the training comes in. They know each year that you start in the spring and go through the fall and where you're playing at is going to, be decided whether you're starting, you're in the first 11 and getting to play, how many minutes you're going to get, how much time you're getting off the bench. Um, and it's kind of how we approach it with all of them. What about, Mike, as you guys, you know, I think, you know, a lot of us have areas of the country that are better than other areas for us recruiting wise. But do you guys look I mean, as, a, at a, as a whole or do you kind of break it up or how do you uh, how do you focus on specific areas of the country? We kind of, we, we're looking everywhere. So yeah. we're trying to find the most elite players that are out there. And we're look, scouring all over the country for where they might be. So I don't know that there's necessarily just certain areas. Sometimes you'll get, I mean, there's a young player right now that I know that's out of uh, Idaho. You mm-hmm. know, so, I mean, you, you just have to be aware of every place that there's a top player in the country. Um, and we want to try to get the best. So I don't think that we ever want to limit ourselves and only be in certain pockets or areas of the country. I think it's, you know, my job to, to be aware of everybody that's out there. And it's a lot of phone calls of calling a lot of coaches across the country. I am willing to bet a large amount of money that Mark will not be making the trip to Idaho. <laughs> Is that probably, a good bet? Probably catch her at a different event. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you talked a little bit about it but you, you know you talked about calling coaches and things like that um when you identify a player talk to me about the vetting process like what do you what do you go through to find out about that player uh, i mean i think that we want to know what what they're like as a person you know are they somebody that's showing up to training early are they trying to come into extra training sessions where's kind of their mentality about and how good do they want to be um you know and then 
when we're there, obviously we're getting there early at warmups to see how do they interact with the other players. I mean, there would have been at some places and some very top level players that we've been there and within 10 minutes and walking away from the field, there's no way that we want that player in our team. It's just not going to be the right fit for, for how they can carry themselves or how they deal with other players. Um, and there's been kids that we've tracked for a while that the coach said, oh, no, no, that's not who they are. We keep watching, keep seeing the same thing. Well, we're, we're not going to go down that path. Um, it's just not worth it to us. So it's uh, the culture of the team and making sure that we keep that in the right place, I think, is really important. So I think that it's I think it's a pretty serious one. At times we'll go into schools and be talking to everybody that that player may have been with in the last two weeks to find out how they feel about the player. You know, what are they like in class? What are they like in the library? What sort of a kid are they? Um, so I think that we're, we're pretty thorough in trying to figure out what we're going to be getting um, when they step on to, to campus to make sure that hopefully we're not bringing a player to be a part of the culture that, that is, doesn't fit. Very good. So let, let me ask you this, Mike. Um, I want to ask you about, and put you on the spot a little bit here, but I want to ask you about what are your favorite recruiting events in the country? And, and I want to preface this with, I don't know how PDA can, any of them can be better than the PDA tournament when we get to go out for pizza at uh, Chris's local place. Is that not the top recruiting <laughs> trip for you in the country? <laughs> I do. Have, well, I, I think that it's more so that any event that you're going to be at to make sure we're eating at the right restaurants <laughs> has to be my favorite event where I eat the best. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Mike. I, mean, I don't know. Sense. I can just choose one certain one. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. We've had plenty of good steak dinners too, haven't we? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I just love the, the amount of work, Matt, that you put into these things, you know, to, to make Finding sure the right restaurants? everybody gets a good meal. Yeah. I feel like you spend more time trying to figure out the meal than you do actually recruiting. Well, so Chris, you're, if you're not properly hydrated or, you know, have the proper nutrition, how are you going to be sitting out those fields that long, right? I mean, Mike, I kind of feel partly responsible for some of your championships because you guys have been able to stay at those fields for so long. I've brought yeah. you sandwiches before and – yeah, I think that's very true. Time. You have delivered sandwiches. It's you keep us running so we can stay on the field to to watch yeah, all see? the players. We're we're quite fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, you know we all got to do our part, Chris. I got to do yeah, our part. Yeah, you do. No, that is that is definitely your part. That we all have a role. We all have a role. Well, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on. It's really insightful. I think you know we do have a number of of um, you know, recruits and parents and, and, and people that listen that really really have asked us a lot about recruiting. How does it work? How do we do it? And to be able to go to one of the top programs in the country to get a, a good dive in the insight, uh, we really appreciate it. We appreciate you being uh, transparent with kind of how you guys do things. And it's not surprising. It sounds like a perfect, uh, perfect way to make it work for sure. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, All right. download it. Get the downloads going, Mike. Get a Florida State, uh, you know, faithful to download and listen. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Talk to you no later. No problem. See you guys. Yeah. All right, Chris. That was, uh, you know, in our our uh, episode here about recruiting. Like I said to Mike, it's it's nice to get you know a little bit on the inside of, of what goes on at you know one of the elite programs in the country. So uh, we yeah. certainly appreciate him doing that. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, you're you're if you're gonna do. Uh podcast on college soccer recruiting what is better than having 
and recruiting coordinator of the national champions, right? Well, and uh, Jalen Howell, two-time Herman Award winner. Yeah. Did yeah. a pretty good job recruiting her and keeping yeah. her to stay around too, right? So, Like I said, they uh, got some pretty good players. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so it's Power 5 time, Chris. We're back at it. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. I, I uh, As I said at the beginning, Power 5 top five quarterbacks, you know, we are in the midst of the NFL playoffs, and they've been uh, and super exciting. And uh, so we decided top five quarterbacks all the time. We're going to work in, you know, season three, we're working in kind of nice and easy, but one that's always very debatable, I think, across. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, there's always all, a lot of debate on this. Yeah. And I've got a, I got a zinger. I'm sure you got the bat. I'm sure you And I can tell you who it's not there. It's not Dak Prescott. I tell you that he's not one of my top. Five. I can tell you that. I can. I, did you did you put in Sammy Bach because he was a good Redskin quarterback? And no, I have no Redskins or no Washington football. Uh, I figured you have Rex, Rex Grossman would be in there somewhere, wouldn't he? Super Bowl <laughs> Super Bowl quarterback Rex. Grossman. There you go. Oh God. Uh, all right, here we go. Ready? I'm going first. All right, go ahead. All right, number five is no other. Than the former Ole Miss Rebel great Archie Manning, New Orleans Saints. Why are you looking at me like that, Darren? He was unbelievable. What do you he just in, played on bad teams? What do you win in the pros? You won nothing. Go back and look at the stats. Okay, it's unbelievable. I think if I pulled up a list of top, the top five, 50, top five, he's okay. top fifty NFL quarterbacks. I don't think Archie Manning would be in it. I disagree. Of course you do. The only list he's on is yours. All right, who's your number five? John Elway. Ever heard of him? Yeah, he's is he in mine? He is in mine, a little higher up the list. Okay. A little higher up the list. He's good. Yeah. He's, he's good. obviously very good. Yep. All right. My number four. Yep. Dan Marino. He's a little higher up my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's your number four? Number four is Johnny Unitas. I I, I can't. No idea. Never saw him play. Too old for me. I didn't see Archie Manning. I didn't see Archie Manning either. That's say it, but he's almost rebel. Johnny Unitas, he's real old. Well, he's like he I mean, in, it's he all in, relative. Matt, he went to your high school. The last year he played was seventy three. I was three. Okay, that doesn't mean really be you, good. You were what twenty five? You were twenty five. No, like, I was eleven. <laughs> all right, um, my number three. Yep. Patrick Mahomes. You can't knock what he's doing. He's unbelievable. Well, look, I think he's really good. I think he's really good. Um, Damn right. All of these guys that we're talking about it have done it for many, many years. He's done it for three. Four. This is his fourth. Okay. Fourth AFC championship. So I think that it's a little premature putting him in. Um, well, Chris, you know, I am a, I am an evaluator of talent. It's one of the things I do for my job, right? I evaluate soccer players. I can also evaluate football quarterbacks, and I'm okay, telling you, you, he's an all timer. You know why he's you know why he's an all timer? He's an all timer because of his head coach is going to continue to progress him into being fantastic. Andy Reid has shown through if the he years. He gets hurt in the next game. Is he on the list of top five all time quarterbacks? How long is he hurt for? The rest of his career, can't play. You can only judge him based on what he's done yeah, so far. Well, yeah, yeah, and you're talking about the future. I'm talking about right now. Top I'm five. All right, right yours? now. Who's yours? Who's yours? We got to keep moving. What number are we on? Number three. Peyton Manning. Ah, overrated. 
What? I thought you'd pick the other Manny. <laughs> Overrated. Hey, no good. <laughs> I feel like he was he was on these good teams. I don't know. I don't do. He doesn't do it for me. I don't, Can I, we go I back really to the comedians? Funny. Is comedian still an option? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that he's funny. I enjoy his stuff he does, but yeah. All right, my number two. Yeah. Brett Favre. Oh God, no. Oh no, wait. I had John Elway. Sorry. I didn't look at my list. John Elway's my number two. John Elway's my number two. <laughs> We're a disaster in this first power five. <laughs> yeah. John Elway's okay. I, I had uh, John Elway's number my number two. I guess we, we both have the same number one, I'm thinking. Who's your number two? My number two is oh, Dan, Dan Marino. Yeah. Number one? Joe Montana. Joe Montana. How can it not be? Okay. All right, Chris, yeah. let's keep rolling. So wait, no, let's go back to him. Sorry, five. My five. Archie Manning, Dan Marino, Patrick Mahomes, John Elway, Joe Montana. Yeah, mine go John Elway, John Unitas, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Joe Montana. All right. And as okay, people, I want everybody to know, we couldn't pick Tom Brady, obviously. No, Tom Brady. No Tom yeah. Brady allowed. Okay. All right, Matty. All right. What are you looking forward to this week? You know, I'm looking forward to Chris. Big week. Big week coming. Um Back to training. We're back at, we started last week a little bit, a couple days. Now we're back kind of full week of training this well, four full eight hour, four hours in the field, four hours in the weight room, but the girls so are stupid, back. Right. This eight is, hour thing. So stupid. It's so stupid. So, stupid. Um, but we're back out training. So that's been fun to get back out there on the field and doing the things that we love to do. Um, and then I have the big SEC meeting this week is uh, our head coaches meeting is this week and then and then i'm off to indianapolis for the ncaa meeting so well, you can change all those things we asked you to change right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah those I'm are sure. all on my list i'm all sure i can't wait list. for you to come back and talk about how college soccer nation inspired you to make these changes to the ncaa tournament well i can tell you that they're on the agenda chris if that helps yeah i don't think they're all on the agenda but some of them probably <laughs> are <laughs> Anyway, that's what I'm looking forward to. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, training. Just, you know, just training. We yeah. started training this morning again. Um, you kind of look like it. I mean, I know this is not, but Chris's hair is all messed up. He looks yeah. tired. He's, he's disheveled. I, I got home late. <laughs> Man, I was on a, on a recruiting trip yesterday. I got home yeah. late last night. I got up early for training. Um, then, you know, you threw this at me. We got to got to get the podcast in. So put that all together. And, uh, yeah, I look bad. What do you want me to say? I'm glad, I'm glad this is, there's no video on this. <laughs> yeah. This, this tells you why we didn't do the video right here. All right. Um, well, again, we're happy to be back. Season three, the start of season three, college soccer nation. Uh, we appreciate everyone that listens and downloads. We'll be with us through the spring. Um, you know, a little hit or miss, like we talked about early. Um, we're going to do one every so often. Um, we'll throw them out there. Certainly as we get later on in the spring and games, maybe start rolling have some little bit more to talk about, but we're happy to be back. Power Five, we appreciate Mike Bristol. College Soccer Nation is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.